Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. What are we talking about tonight on the Law Report? We're talking about the recruitment process and uh, fair labor practices. You know, because that's where it begins. It starts from the moment that you're applying for employment. And that's what we're talking about all the way until you get to the CCMA. And we have wonderful guests for you. So do join us. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. Welcome to The Law Report. Uh, before we start our show, many thanks to Dr. Cindy Fansell. She's back with you again tomorrow uh, once again, and you can look forward to yet another um, session of insightful um, information. But for now... Our show tonight, we're looking at labor law. And um, and once again, if you have any labor-related uh, issues, do give us a call because like many of our shows, this is a show for you where we look forward to engaging you and helping you and actually telling you where you can get help. And uh, and, and, and and I'm most happy about tonight because we have uh, Commissioner Pekomalefe who comes from the CCMA. So he's a commissioner at the CCMA. So he is here to tell you how the CCMA works, to tell you what you can get out of the CCMA and what you can't get out of the CCMA. What are your rights? What are the myths? So we'll deal with any question that you might have there. But an interesting take that we'll be introducing as well is, is, a, is our guest who's also joining me on the studio, uh, Ms. Leonie Hall. And she's talking about, um, or she represents uh, an organization, hashtag uh, Payslip Ban SA. And a very interesting concept because when we talk about labor law, oftentimes, we think about labor law at the moment that you become employed. And and what she's here to share with us this evening is just how soon this right or these rights should kick in from the moment that you are still in the recruitment process. And um, she'll be shedding some light on that. And as always, um, you can give us a call um, um, and and find out, uh, you know, so about anything that is on your mind. But as always, there's been the law show. Um, we have attorney uh, Mr. Faisal Mohammed, uh, who's an expert um, labor attorney, and he's going to be ha- helping us um, with some of the questions that you might have. And he's joining us on the line. And perhaps let me start with him, uh, Mr. Mohammed. Uh, good to be talking to you. Are you well? Hi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And in the studio, uh, thank you so much, Leonie Hall, for joining us. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here with the Afropolitans this and, evening. And 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 and, and uh, thank you so much as well. Uh, you know, we look forward to to finding out more about what the CCMA does. And and no doubt the Afropolitans are going to be um, uh, calling us and, and and hoping to to see how they can be helped because you know. Labor law is one of those very topical and important issues in our society as we uh, um, at this moment in time. Yes, thank you very much for having me, and good evening to the listeners. We hope to do our best tonight. All right, so yeah. it's all in your hands, um, Afropolitan. If you have any questions for any of my guests, Mr. Faisal Mohammed, um, um, an attorney, we we, we they they all here ready and able to take uh, all your calls. And the number to dial is 086-00-00959. You can also send me a tweet. I'm at Matoning Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Let me go straight for it and talk about something that I'm personally keen on, on finding out about, um, <coughs> Leonie. What is hashtag PaceLibanSA? We are addressing unfair recruitment practices in the labor market. We believe that they perpetuate inequality, Employers are using unfair information advantages and these create an unfair context for wage negotiation. Mm-hmm. For example, it begins with 
an unfair job advert. We, we refer to unfair job adverts as those which do not include a pay range. So when you apply, you do so blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what's wrong with um, an ad not saying this is how much the position pays? What's fair about it? Section 23.1 of the Constitution says everybody is entitled to fair labor practice. So what is fair about a job advert that is ambiguous or secretive about pay? What's fair? <laughs> Perhaps someone can answer that. Mm-hmm. Because that's my, my argument, that yeah. it is unfair. And nobody can tell mm-hmm. me what's fair about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you, if, if you look at the, the whole spectrum of, of, of employment, you argue that it's tilted in favor of the employer. Correct. Take me through that. So, in a negotiation, whoever has the most information has the advantage. Imagine you're playing a game of cards. Mm -hmm. You're playing against someone, you've both got a set of cards, and your opponent suddenly says, show me your cards. Mm -hmm. Why would you? Now, recruiters appear to simply claim a power role in the in the labor market they believe it's their right to demand pay information from job applicants without job applicants knowing what they prepared to offer now the moment one party knows more about the other the party with the more information wields the upper hand in a wage negotiation so the employer gets to know how much they are willing to pay for a position. Mm-hmm. They ask job applicants their questions about pay expectations and they advertise jobs without being upfront about pay and claim that they do so because they don't want rival employers to see what they pay. Yet they demand rival employer cost to company information and pay slips. Now this is anti-competitive as well as constitutionally unfair. Mm. So these advantages create the context for inequality, for unfair decision-making from job applicants. Job applicants believe they're being offered fair wages, but they're not. Mm. How does income inequality enter the labor market? It is transactional. Income inequality is not accidental, it is not abstract. Women accept less pay than men simply because they assume they are being offering a fair they're being offered a fair wage. Black people get paid less than white people because black people assume they are being offered a fair wage. So how does this enter the labor market? You know, if we talk about in income inequality as if it's this abstract thing that emerges, yet economics is about the study of people, the study of behavior. Mm-hmm. Income inequality is as a result of behaviors, of conscious decisions that are being made. I, I want to leave this point hanging because we, we, we're talking, um, if you've just tuned in, Afropolitan, we're talking about labor law and we, we're covering sort of a broad spectrum of issues. 
and um, and and as always, you, you know, you can pose whatever question that you may have, um, um, and and helping me to deal with some of your questions will be uh, Commissioner Pekumalefe and Leonie Hall, who, whose voice you've just heard now, but also uh, Mr. Faisal Mohammed, who's who's an expert and an attorney. Um, on on the subject, and one of the things, if I could um, bring you in, Mr. Muhammad, is sure. is the um, uh, the recent events about um, uh, Mr. Robert Marawa and his abrupt termination of of services, and and this brought to to uh, you know to my mind at least the question of you know um, the difference between um, an employee on the one hand. Um, and an independent contractor or consultant, because often, often these these two things have very important consequences. So if you go and you're employed by X, and they say you're an independent contractor, I imagine different consequences attached to that. And perhaps just for, for their benefit, because you know we read, for example, that Mr. Marawa couldn't just simply run to the CCMA because he didn't have an employment relationship um, with, with, with um, Supersport. So, so perhaps help us understand what the, two, the differences are between the two concepts. Okay. Um, so the line is very thin. So in labor law, um, there's always a dispute, or there are disputes currently regarding independent contractors as well as employees. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is companies try to utilize an independent contractor, per se, mm-hmm. in their work environment, which negates them from being liable in terms of the Liberations Act, etc. Mm. However, the Act is very clear as to the line to be drawn between employers or employees and independent contractors. Um, and in this regard, uh, there's, there's actually a few, a few issues that we look at. There's actually seven points um, that are looked at in terms of what distinguishes an employee from an independent contractor. In the case of Mr. Marawa, um, it, is a, it is a contentious issue. It's not something that we could say is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. However, if we look at the points in terms of labor, it could fall either way. You know, So I cannot say it is unfair or unjustified, mm-hmm. but this can be tested. Um, and this type of behavior by companies is, is longstanding. And normally, the, the person who's involved gets to be an employee. Mm. Um, due to the fact of the nature of their job, the control that the employer has over the employee, um, there's a fact that they are working a certain amount of hours a week, etc. Um, so to cut a long story short, I mean, this, however, will be tested and it will be actually a good case to have a look at once it is tested. Mm. And, 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 and when we talk about um, the, the CCM and the PECO, you know, the CCMA has been around. I, I don't know. I, I, I would take it as far back as 1996, if yeah. if memory serves well. And 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 one would assume that what it does, its functions, um, is well known. And 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 yet this is not the case. Some some you know, th- th- there's a lot of gaps between what people know and what people don't know. And you shared something with me when we were we were you know b- before we came onto the show. And one of them was was completely um, uh, staggering to me, which is the the fact that we know that if you go to the CCMA, help at the CCMA is free. Yes. And you told me something else. Yeah. Look, uh, the CCMA is a forum of equity. Mm-hmm. We source our jurisdiction from the Labor Relations Act to Employment Equity Act, and to an extent other labor-related statute. Mm. Now our services are freely accessible. 
And now we find that there are a lot of people that we call touts that charge people for CCMA services, which is not correct. Mm. Now, within the CCMA, you have your dispute resolution uh, department, which uh, performs your mandatory function in terms of legislation, mm. your conciliations, your arbitrations, and your mediation. Yeah. And then you have the department called dispute management and prevention. Right. That department uh, does go out, perform discretionary function to create awareness amongst the users of the CCMA. And remember, when you talk about the users of the CCMA, we are talking about any person who can come to the CCMA to access, you know, assistance. Mm. We're talking about labor, we're talking about a a business, we're talking about employers' organizations, employers, we're talking about ordinary people. Mm. They can come to the CCMA and say, you are a dispute resolution institution, we have a dispute and this is the nature of my dispute. And when uh, such cases are referred, we deal with them in terms of the mandatory function. Now, let me explain what the... dispute management and prevention department does. We do a lot of capacity building. We do a lot of uh, outreach. Uh, We do a lot of training around subjects like, for example, transformation in the workplace. Mm. Uh, We have a history, which history is bedeviled by, you know, social injustices. Now, when we do transformation in in the workplace, we're going maybe to present issues of diversity, issues of discrimination, issues of sexual harassment, unfailable practice, uh, your workplace discipline on misconduct and incapacity, uh, case laws, and we also hold user forum so that people must be aware what the CCMA stand for mm-hmm. and how the CCMA can assist them. Now, the question you raised that uh, some people are not aware that CCMA services are free and they are accessible. We create them awareness amongst those kind of uh, services. But I mean, how do how do the touts, as you call them, yeah. manage to convince people? I mean, do they do they promise people faster timelines? Because surely the, they must kind of offer something, you know. No, they call themselves the CCMA, and they say they have a right to represent parties at the CCMA. Yeah. So that's how they, they mislead people and they go out in the street. That's why we call them touts, yeah. you know, to market themselves and say, come, we'll assist you, we'll represent you. Remember, representation at the CCMA is in terms of Rule 25. Yes. That really identifies exactly who has a right. And, and to let's represent. deal with that once and yeah. for all. Who sure. has the right to represent an, an aggrieved employee at the CCMA? All right. Your, your Rule 25 is very clear. It's an, it's a, it's an employer's organization, mm-hmm. uh, 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 unions, and employees of, of the company. Mm-hmm. In terms of Rule 25, they have a right to appear. Legal representation is not necessarily automatic. Yes. For example, if there's misconduct and incapacity-related issues, a legal rep need to apply for the right to come and appear and a decision has to be made by a commissioner whether to allow or not to allow. Mm. In other matters like your discrimination, mm. your sexual harassment, your uh, constructive dismissal, uh, issues like uh, a retrenchment and so forth. There are instances to come and raise jurisdictional issues. Mm. Those are instances where 
so I can't get a guy from the street and say, come and represent me because he's wearing a tie and then suddenly you give him okay. 200 rands or 400 rands now, to come and over and above you. the Rule 25, mm. which specify exactly where the right to appear. There is a case for communities, workers, um, organization mm. that took the CCMA to the labor court to say, but uh, we represent vulnerable people in the community. Mm. We need to be given an opportunity to represent. Now, as things stand, anybody can come, excluding your consultants. They mm. can come and request representation, but they must make submission to the commission to say, for example, it is a complex matter. You know, mm. there is a public interest. The comparative abilities of the parties is not the same. Therefore, the commissioner will apply his or her mind and determine whether he grants or does not grant. Let's go to the calls. And Lula okay. Mila, thank you so much for, for heeding to my invitation to phone us sooner rather than later. If you have any questions, do give us a call now because, you know, there's a tendency of, uh, of, of, of our listeners particularly to phone at 529 when we can do very little to help you. So, okay. uh, Lulamida, thank you so much. Uh, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, and you? I'm all right, man. Uh, I've got two questions. Ne? Mm -hmm. The first one deals with the duration of the matter. Uh, the Let's say the bargaining council has given a ruling, an award, and said, Lulamile, be reinstated. Mm. Then my employer drags it and drags it, submission of papers. Let me say it's almost four years now. Sure. Then there's another matter, which I referred to the enforcement unit of a bargaining council mm. about a car allowance that kept constant, that was constant. Let me say my car allowance was 100 rand. Mm. For the past 10 years, it has been 10, 10 rand. The, 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 the economic conditions have changed, mm. but I'm still getting a car allowance of 100 rand or 1 rand. Interesting. Mm. Now, let me go back to the first question. Mm. An award is, is for me, mm. and I'm an employee, mm. and I don't have the luxury that the employer, the state has in terms of the, the capacity, the, the money to continue with the matter. Mm. As a result, my case takes four years. Mm. There's a real life situation or case. We've been in the bargaining council. We've got an award, we went to labor court, but the employer is dragging four years to submit the papers and whatever yeah. that needs to, yeah. for the case to continue. They are appealing, or they, 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 yes, they want to appeal the outcome of the bargaining council. So, That's so, so let me understand. So you, yes. you've got yes. the reinstatement order from the CCMA. Now that now the employer has taken the matter on review. Yes. How yes. long ago? <laughs> Man, it's four years now. So, so the review application was launched four years ago. Uh, the matter was twenty twenty thirteen. Mm. Right. 2013. So it's a yes. We went to bargaining council 2013. We won the case at the bargaining council. And the employer said, no, we want to review the decision of the bargaining council. I got council. that, but when? 2013. And, um, and where are you now? Have, have, have you been allocated a date for the hearing? Uh, uh, yeah, in, in November this year. <laughs> this year, November, we're going to uh, go to the labor court. All right, got you. 
Now, let me let me uh, stay on the line uh, because my guest might have a question for you, a follow-up question. Um, Faisal, can I invite you to take that one, please? Um, hi, how are you? So, so it's a two-pronged question, and I think maybe let's 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 break it in 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 the two so parts. I'm going to respond to the first the first sure. part of the question. So, to my understanding, uh, there was a case which was granted in your favour, and thereafter the employer decided to take the matter on review at mm. the labour court. Mm-hmm. Is that yes, correct? that's correct. Yes, that's, that's correct. correct. Mm. Okay, and the date has been set down now for November. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I cannot understand why it has taken four years to get to this point. Mm. Um, it should have actually been done a lot sooner. However, um, this is probably a tactic by the employer to drag the matter out as long as possible, in that way financially probably crippling you, um, which is is an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Regarding the dates that are given out by courts, you know, because they are in charge or they are dominus litis, what we say in terms of they are in charge of the litigation, they probably drag it out for this period. I am very surprised, though, that it's a four-year issue. But, but, but um, it, isn't it also, uh, uh, Faisal, that even if you apply, I mean, I, I, I'm not discounting your point at all, but doesn't it take long as well for the labor court in particular to allocate dates? So you could get a, get a date today, it being May, and then the date could be for next year, February. Correct, correct. Mm. It could it could take that long. So what I would assume is, is if the reinstatement was done in 2013, mm. um, the matter should have been in court around 2015 at the latest. Oh, you're right, that's true, yeah. I think mm. between 2013 and 2019 is actually uh, it's a lot. And at time. worst, maybe 2016. You're right. Yeah. It, yeah, mm. it does. It does make sure make sense. So I'm mm. not sure what the intricacies are, and I'm not sure what the delays are. They could have been reasonable. I mm. mean, I don't have sight of the the documentation. However, if a date has already now been allocated, that'll be the date of the hearing. And the best I can advise you is to prepare for that hearing. Um, as this could be the final step, it, it, it's probably your best option. And make sure that there's no postponement um, on, on, <laughs> or that you cause. <laughs> of, of course not. You know, I, I'm not sure if the gentleman is represented. By yeah. you, you know what I want to do? I want to take a break, Faisal, but I think there's also some, a lingering concern that I sense from Lula Mille um, about this case taking so long. But there's, there, there is some benefit. You know, sometimes when an employer drags out a case, it doesn't always follow that they benefit necessarily because if the labor court confirms that decision it might it might not be so good for the employer mm. um so 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 maybe just to sort of you know put um lula mile at ease to, to the extent that it it offers any consolation um well I, I'd, I'd like to invite you to to talk more about what is it going to mean for him <clears throat> if he wins but i want us to do this when we come back from the break we're back after this Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back uh, to The Law Report. And in, if you've just tuned in, we're talking about labor law. And uh, we're covering it from a number of aspects, including um, what Leonie Hall um, calls payslip ban SA. And she justifies um, um, the stance based on a number of reasons. We'll revisit um, that part of the discussion. And, and she's here if you have any uh, uh, more questions insofar as what this hashtag is about. So Leonie Hall is, is my first guest uh, in the studio. My second guest is Commissioner Peko Malefe. Uh, he also joins me in the studio. He's from the CCMA. And on the line, I'm joined by Mr. Faisal Mohammed. He's an attorney. And together, we are taking your calls on 86 But before we went on a break, Faisal, um, um, you know, I sensed a bit of despair um, on, on Lula Mila's side and insofar as 
the delays that have been occasioned by the review of his reinstatement award and 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 I, and I, and I, I was just wondering whether it's the end of the world um for him what would happen if this if the labor court confirmed the reinstatement order so if, if the the labor court does in fact state that for example that the dismissal was unfair etc and a reinstatement is granted what actually happens then is that the employee is entitled to full back pay and yeah. that is actually considered as a priority so for the period that he was during the review process etc for the four or five years if he is reinstated um the employer would need to pay that money to him so so he's reinstated in 2013 he finally wins in 2019 he's going to yeah. be paid for the whole period Oh, and over and above that, remember, he, he gets reinstated to the mm. same position and the same terms and conditions mm. that existed before the dismissal. Mm. If the job has actually improved since then, he actually qualifies for those improvements. And mm. salary increments um, that happened in, in the intervening period. So, so, so yeah, thank, th- thank you for that, Faisal, because it's very important. I know that sometimes when you're fighting these these cases... At a point, you know, two years, three years, four years down the line, you do have, you do develop some sense of despair. But, but, but luckily, you know, what I like about the law is that it, at some point or another, you, you do get vindicated. So it will be a, a worthwhile day, Lula Mila, to experience where four years, five years down the line, the labor court says you reinstated and you get everything that you would have been, you, you know, and, and the reinstatement order normally reads that. Um, your reinstatement, as it must be as if you were never dismissed in the first place. So, so, <clears throat> so you could be looking at a paycheck of five or so years if you win. So, so, so don't, don't despair, don't give up. You're almost close. You're almost there. But Lulamile did have a second part um, of a question, and and that was on increments. He says that he's been getting a car allowance for the last ten years, yes. and it's been static. There hasn't been any increments in the intervening period, and he wonders whether that is fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah, even in Lulamile. Look, issues of um, salary betterment and benefit improvement, we call them matters of mutual interest. Mm-hmm. What it means is that the parties need to start negotiating. Lulamile may raise it with the employer to say, look, I've been earning 10 rand for the past 10 years. It is not helping me at this moment. So can we negotiate so we you increase that 10 rand to you know a better amount in terms of today's standard of living? Now, if there is no agreement, then she can, he can refer to the bargaining council, to the CCMA to say, uh, this is a matter of mutual interest. I need my benefit to be improved. And then there can be some form of negotiation. Normally, the negotiations are done by um, unions on behalf of the employees to say, we want to better our conditions, terms and conditions of employment. We want uh, the following benefits, if they have to be improved, if they don't have to be introduced as you know, new forms of improving the benefits for the employee. So the best way is to deal with it, start with it internally Mm -hmm. to say, you know, whoever is responsible, this is uh, something that I have. Uh, I believe it's unfair for you to give me 10 rand. It's an insult for so many years. Let's talk about it. Maybe there can be a resolution. If not, then it can be referred as a matter of mutual interest, can be a subject for you know discussion mm. yeah
Um, can I just come with in there? With pleasure, yes. Yeah, thank sure. you. Yeah. So, you know, we actually have, have recruiter, uh, recruiter testimony saying that comparing a job, um, a worker who has been in a job for five years yeah. to somebody who's possibly just graduated and is now uh, entering the labor market, mm-hmm. a recruiter has given us a voice recording claiming that this new labor market's entrant is at an advantage over that person who has been employed for five years and has been accepting a minimum incremental increase each year. She claims that pay is not included in job adverts because those people who are currently employed shouldn't expect the same pay as a new labor market entrant with new, more current qualifications. What, what do you think about that? Look, uh, that's why I was saying earlier that uh, issues of salary adjustment, increasing, increase and betterment of wages, it's a subject for discussion, it's a subject for negotiation, starting internally. If there's a deadlock, then it can be refer, referred to the CCMA. Now, there are people who normally occupy the same position but the pay is unequal. There is a, 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 the employment equity permit people to refer an equal pay for work of equal value mm. dispute to the CCMA, wherein the employer and the party that refer the matter will be called in to say, but this, there's a pay discrimination here. Mm-hmm. These people are working for, there is a comparator, I'm comparing myself to uh, somebody else who and above me, I'm any law, but uh, we are of the same, you know, job specification or c- job category. I believe it's a discrimination based on pay disparities mm. but the employer remember discrimination uh, is not allowed but if it's fair it's allowed then the employer must justify as to why is he paying these people differently even if they are doing the same job then there are issues of qualification there are issues of, of, of service there are issues of responsibilities then that can be brought forward then the applicant will also have to say but uh, i agree or i disagree based on the on the following because you, you find that there are people who have these qualifications and there are people who don't necessarily have, but they have been there doing the job and there's mm. never been mm. an issue. Now they say, but we are suitably qualified, even if we are not academically qualified. So we believe we need to be given an opportunity. So that regime does assist those uh, to try and balance those pay disparities. Yes. Let's yeah. go back to the lines. Uh, Johannes from Westrand. Good evening. Hello, Johannes. Good evening, Johannes. Uh, evening, Mike. How are you and your guest over there? I'm very good. good. And how are you, Johannes? Uh, thanks, yeah. Uh, my issue is different from the first caller. For sure. Uh, my issue is that uh, last year I was hired as an LTC, which is limit, limited duration contract. Right. And then uh, on that basis, uh, they said they gonna it's within their prerogative to terminate our contract, but we managed to take them to the CCMA. Then they reversed their decision. They rehired us this oh. year. So this year we only worked for two months, and then they did the same thing. They terminated 
the, the contract, which is LDC, which is limited duration contract. But the well, when they say limited the top, duration contract, I'm assuming, uh, and you can help me here, Dadam Lefe, mm-hmm. it's just a fancy word for a fixed term contract? Yeah, or, look, or, or look, is there some we, special we characteristics? not necessarily impressed by the labels. Like, for <laughs> example, there was a talk about your independent contract. Yeah. And the advocate has put it clearly to say, we pierce what you call the corporate veil. Mm. Uh, in terms of Section 200, capital A of the LRA, which speaks about the presumption of who is an employee. And there, was a, the, the, there are certain tests that will look it, it and then say this is a dominant impression test in mm. our view even if the document states as follows in reality this yeah. person is an employee <laughs> now this limited duration contract say initially they went and they worked for two months they can bring back the matter again you know so so so, so, so it's do you understand correctly that it just means it's a fixed term contract they just call it by some different name but yeah, so, con- I, 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 okay. Do you understand right, Johannes? It's sort of like, yeah, so what does that mean? It, it means that you, you start today, but you know that you're going to be there for six months. At, at times, they're project link to or say project when this link, project yeah, comes yeah. to an end, mm-hmm. then you are done. But the person may say, no, 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 there's still a continuation of the project. I have been replaced. For Therefore, sure. I have an argument at the CCMA that so I can uh, raise. Do we understand what you mean, right? To, to say that. Yeah, so, so we put a, a case in CCMA querying that. But the job was still there. We don't dispute that we were on a limited. Oh, what uh, was the limited? So what, what, what were you on? How many months? Um, and Yeah, um, we worked for, uh, it was seven months until December last year. From uh, But what uh, did the limited duration uh, contract March. provide for? What was oh, the, the, the project? Mm. Yeah, the project, it was in mining, mm-hmm. uh, which is we do waterproofing, which is a uh, geocentrical lining. Mm-hmm. So, and then we went to inquire at the CCMA that are we falling under any bargaining council so that we can get a clear indication of how this or contract or operates. So we found that our company doesn't fall under any uh, uh, bargaining, bargaining council. Yeah. So we, uh, our case is pending. So I just like to inquire even post the case, if maybe the case doesn't go our way, is there any way that we can go forward? What should we do? If well, we well, well, we, we're trying to help you, and I'm not sure if you got it, Dr. Mlefa. I'm not, yeah, I'm not I getting the crux what, of What, what Johannes means, already they have referred the matter. That's yeah, my understanding. But what's your gripe? Did they terminate it before the time came that they said it would terminate at? Yeah. Or like are you they, saying, yeah? Yeah, they terminated. The job is still there. Okay, mm-hmm. before the we get to that, so, so before we get to that, Help me here. When was it supposed to terminate the contract? Uh, the contract doesn't stipulate when is it. Okay, what, what's the event or the project that was supposed to be completed for you? Yeah, to but uh, the project, uh, it, I think it was going to take two years. But right. they took us before the contract. So, so, so uh, it says it's limited uh, until you finish the waterproofing. Kind of open-ended. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. is it then, then the question is, is it a limited duration contract? If, that, that's no, how if it's not tied to a, an event or a time. That, that's how they've labeled it. You know, you know, when we do contract people, one has to be on the safe side. But what I'm saying to mm-hmm. John is, yeah. they, they must just prepare and what the same story that is telling, bring it forth during the process mm-hmm. and uh, allow the CCMA to deal with it. <laughs> Faisal, do, 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 you, do you have the same difficulties or do you understand? And perhaps if you understand, you can offer better help yeah. uh, than, than yeah. certainly I do because I don't, I don't quite understand. <laughs> okay. 
if we are dealing with a, a fixed-term contract, and, mm. and of course, uh, like the gentleman said, it was terminated prematurely before they had a reinstatement, it seems as if the same thing has happened again. Yeah. Uh, on Even on a fixed-term contract, and if the contract does come to an end, mm. uh, it, does, it does actually constitute a dismissal per se. Mm. It could be construed as a dismissal. True. And it, it, you could be found in your favor. Um, the gentleman's case does seem a little different. Remember, context does does matter. Mm-hmm. If what he's saying is true, that they have now renegated on an existing fixed-term contract, which doesn't seem to have a date to it, mm. that does constitute a dismissal. Yeah. Of um, so I think mm. he's on the right track there. Um, however, that needs to be interpreted once tested. Yeah. So, so, so and, and I think that's what I understood. So, so, um, it, you know, I, hundred, I agree hundred percent with you, and I and 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 you're echoing what uh, uh, Commissioner Malefe has has yes, said. Yes. But I think that my biggest gripe is it doesn't even appear as if that's your only ammunition if you wanted to fight this. I think whatever name you call it, we we care less for. For, for form and more about substance. Whether a limited duration contract, which is a nice yeah, word. Limited, fixed it means nothing if it know, doesn't have, if you can't Project ask, link, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. terminology is not, but the reality is, that's why, like uh, my colleague is saying, it will be tested. Yeah, so you could find, um, Johannes, that you might be actually not employed on a fixed term basis. You could be permanently employed. If, depending on on the facts that will be brought forward yeah. and the argument that will advance yeah. to, in your view, yes. you look I, at this and say, but... Uh, unless you're saying, no unless Johannes is saying, I knew that the work is for this mine, and I know that once we lose that contract at the mine, then then we have no work. That's different. Then my point doesn't arise. Yeah, but yeah. it's not his point. He's, yeah. as I guess, he believes it has been unfairly terminated. Prematurely, because yeah, the work or is unfairly terminated. I think, um, yeah. you know, you've got not that they count, but you got three yeses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Jim. You're welcome, All right, John. Cheers, eh? mm. Tando from Springs, hello. Mm. Uh, good evening, everyone. Hi, Tando. Tando. Um, I've got an issue here with my employer. Um, I've worked for them for six years now. Mm-hmm. When I started, I think two weeks, they moved me to uh, one of their clients, uh, the mine. Mm. So I worked there as an employee assistant uh, EAP program. And then last year in January, um, they cut off my salary with more than 50%, mm. if I may say 58%. Mm. And they are raising uh, being. Um, their client, which is the mine, uh, said they need to reduce costs. And then they came back and they gave another reason. They said they, uh, their client again said we need to, they need to change my working hours. So basically I worked for them for four hours. I was working for four hours as a permanent uh, employee. So my hours when I started, it was 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. So when they reduced my salary by more than 50%, I was told that the the client is also changing your working hours no longer 4 a.m., but from 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. So it's basically the same hours doing the same job. So 
So, but because of financial pressures, I and there was, they said there was consultation, but for me, there was not really consultation. In fact, I was coerced because I was given about uh, 48 hours and I was told that uh, uh, take it or leave it and tell us within 48 hours because if you don't, we need to replace you because the client needs uh, your services. So under those circumstances and my financial situation, um, I, I had to, I was the, I'm the only breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, okay, let me sign. So uh, they reduced my salary without more than 50%. Uh, somewhere in June, they called me for a meeting. They said, look, uh, the client is, they wrote us a letter and they say they are not happy with your services anymore. Uh, counseling, you need to leave the mine with immediate effect. Okay, and uh, we don't have a, a post for you here in our head office, part town offices. So now we'll have to terminate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to retrench you. Uh, but we'll give you three months. I, I don't know what was that three months for, whether they were trying to be sympathetic to my situation or not. They will give you three months. Uh, we will see what's going to happen in three months. If we have another client, we will put you there. But if not, we will have to retrench you. In the meanwhile, they have uh, replaced me with someone else in the mine where I was working. And oh, and another thing they said that their client said that they must uh, they must be given three months to investigate. Okay, the, so so let's try to get to the heart of 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 your question. Yes. So. Now, um, when they, um, I said, okay, fine. I, I, I don't want to work for the company. I, I think that just the relationship has been breaking down. It's fine. Give me a retrenchment offer. Mm. They never gave me the retrenchment offer. They changed. They said, no, we're going to enter into a separation agreement. I said, okay, give me that separation agreement. They never gave it to me. And then this year, around, uh, uh, I think it was around January, they came back to me. They said, no, look, uh, we've contacted All right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to have to clean it up a little bit. We, we'll, 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 when we come back for the, from the break, we're back after this. The Law Report with Michael Matsuening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome back to The Law Report. Uh, we got... 14 more minutes to go in the show. And um, before we took uh, the break, we were dealing with um, a question and hoping to help. And we were taking uh, Ntando's question. And like Ntando, um, we can take your question if you give us a ring. 86 I'm going to I want to get to the heart of your question and I'm going to try to guide you somewhat. Let me ask this. Um, where are you now? Did you conclude the separation agreement? No, they said uh, they are returning me into the company, okay. uh, but with the same salary. What and, same salary? Uh, the one that was cut? or The or? one that was cut. Mm-hmm. So my argument was with them was that, uh, no, it, it, it cannot be like that. You need to reinstate me with the salary that I was offered when I started employment. Because uh, and anyway, that's I'm fine. Not- and then where are you now? Are you working for them? I am working for them. Okay, and then would you uh, have you referred the case somewhere? I have referred the case to the CCMA. Mm-hmm. We went for conciliation. Mm-hmm. 
and um, then it was then uh, referred for arbitration mm. because they they didn't agree that they can reinstate my my salary. Sure. Now, what question would you like answered? We get the facts. I, I, I want to know um, what are my chances of them reinstating my salary should I continue with them, working for them, or must I speak for separation agreement? Because the separation agreement that they initially gave me, they just made a payout of six weeks. That's what they said they will be able to settle me. All right. Payment, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. No longer transport allowance. They also stopped transport allowance. Okay, so in addition to having deducted 58%, they stopped your transport allowance. Faisal? Yeah. Okay. Um, This is a bit of a complicated issue. Indeed. In my view, a two-part problem. Mm -hmm. Firstly, regarding... um, the unilateral decision to reduce her salary could be construed as an unfair labor practice. However, the company could have, and I'm, I'm not sure because I don't have all the facts, could have done what we call a uh, operational requirements dismissal because the lady spoke about consultations, etc. So if there was consultation in terms of, and I think the section is 189 of the yeah. Labor Relations Act, mm-hmm. yes. and they followed a certain procedure regarding operational requirements, um, they could then have come to an agreement with her for the reduction of the salary. However, it doesn't seem to be. So the she case specifically right says now. there was no consultation. Exactly. They just imposed so it on her. They may have breached uh, the mm. LRA in that regard. So the fact that she is at the CCMA currently, mm. and I said I think she said she's waiting the arbitration. Mm. Um, from the outset, it seems as if she could have a good case against the company for, of course, the salary portion, which needs to be exactly the same as it was unless the company did follow a proper operational requirements procedure. Yeah. And if they did, because operational requirements can be used in, in any environment. You can dismiss anyone on operational requirements. It's probably the, the most simplest to, to achieve in my, in my view. Yes, uh, yes and no, isn't it? Because, for example, if they wanted to argue um, yes. that the mine has reduced the work or the, 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 the work no longer exists, that yeah. that could be a legitimate operational requirement, but if it's false, it would also be very easy to disprove or to prove that it's false because, you know, if when she was hired um, yeah. and if, uh, as part of the arbitration, I would have imagined that she would subpoena the contract that the company has with the mine and the mine would have to demonstrate, the company would have to demonstrate that there's, they've, they've also suffered a financial reduction in their contract value and that's how it has a ripple effect. But it can't simply be that these guys are claiming operational requirements because they want, you know, they've decided that they, they can make a bigger profit if they cut her salary off. Yeah, you know, I mean, this comes down to the master-servant relationship where uh, bigger companies like mining companies understand that they have a more superior bargaining power. Mm. Um, and that's why we have things like collective bargaining where, where people act as a unit, you know. Mm. And I'm not sure if she's part of a unit of employees or if she's single singled out in terms of this process. Yeah, one one wonders. Let's go back to the lines um, and speak to uh, Tembi from Jobek. Tembi, good evening. Hello. Hello, Tembi. Hello, Tembi. Hi, how are you? Good yourself. I'm good, thank you. So, I um, my situation is um, the company that I've, I worked for, um, well, didn't close down to say, it still exists. 
but it's only the director who's there. So what happened is um, we're not paid for a period of um, around six months. So it was on and off. So you'd get paid for this month and then uh, maybe not get paid for the next um, coming month. So basically I'm owed uh, six months worth of salary. Hmm. I approached the labor court. Um, I went to the uh, Department of Labor offices, but I was told because um, that I end outside their bracket, so um, they wouldn't help me because then uh, the thinking there is I should be able to afford a commercial lawyer so they can't help me to recover what I'm owed. So I wanted to find out which other avenues, uh, what recourse do I have? Because I'm still owed um, six months' worth of salary. How much is that? No one is talking to me. How, how much is the money due to you? Uh, uh, 120,000 rands. Wow. Hmm. And this was um, last year. So I But I mean, it sounds like you just off the threshold. It sounds like you, if six months is 120,000 rands and... That, that means you're off the threshold by 20,000. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then uh, mm. at the labor offices, they, mean they said they wouldn't be able to yeah. help me. I, I wonder, I wonder, um, yeah, you know, this is the problem. And, and I think when you think about the fees must fall movement, there was that missing middle. And now you are there, this missing middle yourself now because the, the idea behind sort of deciding who to protect and who not to protect Department of Labor is obviously cheap. So the idea by, by saying if somebody earns uh, not a lot of money, they should be able to get help quickly at the expense of the state. One understands that readily, but then it leaves, and, 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 and one also understands why somebody who earns a million rands should pay, pay their own way. But you sort of in, an, in that unfortunate position because you're just over. Um, the threshold. Yeah. Any hmm. any any help, uh, Commissioner or Faisal? Yeah. Look, we say th- this is entitlement. Is what is due to you. Is what the company owes you. Yeah. Now it seems that this company is having some financial difficulties, but we normally say if companies have some financial difficulties, they need to consult with the employer employees. Indeed. If they put them on short time, it should be something that's agreed to. If they touch their, you know, entitlement, it should be something that is agreed to. But now, Tembi here can approach the CCMA and say, you know, I have a dispute of an entitlement. The employer owes me X amount of money. Can the CCMA look at this? Which is due to me. Then the CCMA, in terms of the new development Mm -hmm. or in terms of the new amendment, CCMA has now jurisdiction to entertain even issues of entitlement uh, pays that was never received by employees so that there will be recourse. So Tembi can go to the nearest... you know, I gotta say this is why I love the law report because even I learned on the show. I didn't know that. Is it? I, I didn't know that you can. This is fantastic. So, yeah. so go talk to the CCMA as soon as you can. Their their services are free, and then you could poss- possibly consider withdrawing the labor court case. But yeah. you know, don't 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 withdraw the case before you kind of get some kind of help. Yeah. But it looks like there's some help your way, Faisal. You you wanted to weigh um, in, perhaps? Yes, just just a quick one. Um, remember, any employment dispute is contractual. Yeah. And if you cannot or do not want to approach the CCMA, you could actually just approach a high court based on breach of contract. 
Yes. Mm. It is unfortunately a more expensive route to follow. Yeah. But it's something that is available to you. Yeah, but I mean, if you've got recourse to the CCMA, you needn't pursue uh, that Section 77 recourse. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course not. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the lady's case here, she should definitely approach the CCMA. It is her cheapest option. Yeah. Um, but then she might have, I'm not sure, because the, well, I cautioned myself when I said she must withdraw the case because you also have a time space or time frame within which um, you can claim. Um, I know at contract you have three years, but I'm not sure what the rules yeah, look, that provide for in the current, CCMA. Uh, this is entitled to, it's still current. Yeah. There, there are no timelines attached to it. Yeah. Some of these battles are ongoing, yes. you know, so yes. you cannot oh, finish time. A, Sorry, sorry, coming, coming. On, on a good note for her, if the company is in financial difficulty, which it does seem to be, yeah. there could be issues of debt rescue, operational requirements, retrenchments, etc. Mm. If if it is under debt rescue and there is a pending insolvency, etc., an employee um, gets preferentially treated mm. when um, when when there's a payout to be made. So of course your your upfront creditor would be someone like SARS, and then of course the employees will get paid. So sure. if the company is in financial constraints and there is yeah. some sort of insolvency, she needs to be aware of the fact that her claim is much higher than anyone else's. Yeah, just to add, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the amendment to the national minimum wage, the jurisdiction of the CCMA is being extended. Extended. We can also deal with contractual dispute and entitlement, including UIF-related issues, because after the National Minimum Wage amendment, amendment it also had an impact on the When was this, condition. just for my interest? When, the, when the, did this the, the, development the, It take? was promulgated with effect from the 1st of January 2019. Got you. All right. Do you wanted to weigh in on um, um, internships? I know, Leonie, we've sort of, you know... Um, yeah, no, tonight question, was intense. Qu- qu- questions questions yes. of sort of... Um, you know, gone the side of of the CCMA and the attorney, but th- there's a point that you wanted to make about internships, learnerships, etc. Okay, so a few quick quick points, um, and Commissioner Malefe, if you could could comment on these. So, in terms of learnerships, apprenticeships, and internships, many youth write in complaining about their labour conditions. And when when they are directed to the CCMA and even to the Department of Labour, they their their complaints are not actually dealt with. Their complaints range from con- contract issues. Their contracts reflect weird clauses. For example, we we found a so-called learnership contract from PSG Wealth that required learners to repay the cost of the learnership and whatever they were paid if they resigned from the learnership within their contractual period. We got them to drop this clause because we thought it's highly improper and certainly not pro-poor. But um, these are the complaints that they write in about. Even there's, there's their complaints from a college saying that their employers are connected to doctors who issue medical certificates claiming that these learners have a disability, which means these employers can claim more in terms of rebates and so on. If, if you can take that um, as quickly yes, as you can. Yeah, the look, from what you are saying, where people claim for something that they did not, uh, service they did not provide, that's fraudulent, it's criminal, it needs to be raised with the police. In terms of the contract of leadership contract, uh, 
The ownership uh, contract has a dispute resolution clause. I mean, those that are above board. Now, if there's a dispute and they believe that they have been maybe dismissed, terminated unfairly, they can refer such matters to the system. Should learners be paying back anything? Unfair dismissal. Mm. And should learners ever be required to pay back to an employer who can gain BE points and rebates for running a learnership and not, and they are not penalized when learners drop off? That falls under the jurisdiction of the Department of of Labor. Okay. I'm afraid that's all we have time for on the Law Report tonight. So thank you to all my guests, uh, Faisal Mohammed. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, to you, uh, Miss Leonie Hall, thank Paste you. Paste the Make sure you go there. And and there's a lot of tweets as well happening. Um, what's your Twitter handle? I know you. I know you're very active there, and I've been retweeting some of your tweets. Thank you. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, one big Leo. There we go. And to you, uh, Commissioner Peko Mulefa, thank you so much for joining us. I think it's um, it's been quite enjoyable to engage with the CCMA, and I think we've got to do this a lot more. Thank you for having me. That's the law it's report. Quite a pleasure. We're back again next week. From me, Michael Matuning Bill, good night. Good night. That was the law report with Michael Matuning Bill. Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.